Hi, this is Naomi Nachman, host of Table for Two on the Nachum Siegel Network. We are so excited to be back in the studio after a couple of weeks wandering around America. We've had a great time. Uh, I hope you'll join in and do... I hope you, um, I'm stuttering today, ZK. See, I'm back in the studio. It's been a while. We hope that you will tune in every week to hear our exciting stories. For those of you who are tuning in for the very first time, I'm Naomi Nachman, and I'm about all the food all the time. I love food. I love shopping for it, cooking it, eating it, eating at restaurants, anything food-related. I'm a kosher personal chef. My business is called The Aussie Gourmet. I give cooking classes. I cater for people for Shabbos, for Yonta, for Pesach, small parties, anytime you don't feel like cooking, you can give me a call. And now I run lots of kosher chop competitions. So if you'd like to play a game on a matzah Shabbos with your family, your shul, your organization, give me a call. We'll have a blast. Um, so you'll tune in every week. You'll hear about my exciting adventures and my amazing guests that I have lined up here. Um, but I want to hear about your food experiences too. So email me, Naomi at NachumSiegel.com. Follow me on Instagram, Instagram stories, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest. Yeah, I think that's pretty much all the social media that I've got covered there. <laughs> and of course, you can listen to me on the radio. Um, if you have a conversation, let's make this a conversation. So if you eat it, share it. We have a super exciting show. We have a giveaway. We haven't had one of those in a little while. So we're super excited about having a giveaway. And we're going to uh, have Fagi Sprecher on the sh show soon when we do our kitchen gadgets giveaway. So that's that'll be coming up the next couple of weeks. But in the house, I have. A slew of talented, food-passionate people here today. I'm going to uh, introduce everyone, and then we're going to talk to everyone individually. I have Renee Muller, the super stylist from every kosher magazine and now cookbook author is in the house. She has a giveaway. If you want to win her book, Our Table, let's take a copy of that, Renee. Her gorgeous book, and we'll talk to her in a minute. Email me at Naomi at NachumSiegel.com and you have to follow Renee and me and Nachum Siegel Network on Instagram and we will actually check. So email me and let me know that you are following us along and we'll put you in the raffle and if you're not on Instagram, you can join it but you can also send me an email saying that you um, want to be included in the raffle. So it won't be so mean but we're a lot of fun so you should join mine and Renee's and the Nachum Siegel Network's Instagram page. Okay, we have Beth Warren, nutritionist, foodie expert on staying healthy and fit in the Jewish kosher way. So she's going to be joining us. We're saying it's our third or fourth show together. So, yeah, it's great. I'm really honored to have you. And in the right-hand corner, I have Seth Wilson, all the way from Brooklyn, New York, along with Zalman Wunsch. Am I saying it right, Wunsch? Awesome. Owners of Wolf and Lamb joining us here in the studio with some mouth-watering treats that they have bought in. If you have not been to Wolf and Lamb, make sure you get there. Two locations. We'll talk about those soon. And they gave them a shout-out a couple of weeks ago in the um, Mishpacha magazine. Out of all the restaurants that I, that I eat at, I can't give so many shout-outs, but they definitely got one. So um, I hope you all saw that. Hi, Renee. Welcome to the set. Hi. Thanks for coming in. You, you do a lot of, like, sets, right? Photo shoots. Yes, but I'm not, not really talking on the sets. I'm usually working. Working. Okay, so now <laughs> they can sit back and relax. Okay, I just want to make sure that my, my um, it's got a little bit of static, the earphone. Okay. All right, cool. Thank you, ZK. It makes me sound so good. That I, he actually makes me sound Australian. I got to pick which voice I wanted for the show. Okay, just joking. Okay, so Renee, welcome. I'm, I'm really glad that you're a very busy lady. 
you do a lot of work with a lot of different food industries, correct? Yes. Okay, so who who are you working for? Who do you so typically do, work for? Um, different companies. I do food styling uh, for magazines, for advertising companies. But recently, I my biggest achievement was my book. Great. That's which took a lot of time out of my schedule, and but it was so worth it, and it was a beautiful experience, and I'm really enjoying it, and I'm still getting back into the workflow right now. Yeah, it's, I bet I bet it's hard. Yes. Okay, cool. Let's let's have a look at the book. I'm going to hold it up. Um, if you are listening, you can also watch the Nakam Siegel Network Table for Two. We actually have a our own channel on the Nakam Siegel Net channel um, on YouTube, so you can watch us as well. This would be a great show to make sure that you are watching. If you're listening now on Friday morning or on your app, come and watch us later on on the YouTube channel because um, we're showing Renee's beautiful book and then later on we're going to have some edible delights and you know you eat with your eyes as well so we we need to see what we're eating over there um from wolf and Lamb. so this is absolutely beautiful i love this soft cover it's very I love it unusual too. i saw um Atalangi's books and i was like that's what i'm gonna do the soft cover the feel you could wipe them actually to get filthy oh, and really? you just take a yeah windex right on <laughs> Cool. And that would page some of my well-loved recipes. The pages have stuck together in some of Susie Spahn's books that I've got. Okay. So this is actually for Miriam. Miriam Wallach, this is for you. Um, this is Miriam's our general manager. And Renee so kindly um, has a book for you too. And, and for Jamie as well. And ZK. And Nachum got one a couple of weeks ago. So Renee is the most generous um, cookbook author. Isn't it great to say cookbook author? Yeah. Kind of feels weird. I'm like, who? Okay. That, that'd be you. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yes. Okay. So let's talk. These a are my children. Okay. Gorgeous. You can see it okay. in the little background. Can we get that in? Is it zoomed up a little? It's hard. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's go. And let's open up. And we have everything is beautiful. Look at this. Okay. So how did you get? Well, I'm going to whack the thing. Have, look, look how stunning that is. That's just not a piece of fish. That's art. But that's so easily done. I served it up this past Yantab. It took yeah. me five minutes to set them up. It's not, nothing in my book is difficult, unachievable, undo, not doable. Everything is very down to earth. And I was kind of nervous that people would see the beautiful pictures and get intimidated. And thank God the feedback has been very positive. I'm showing this picture. It is, um, that's the brine turkey. Okay. Yes. Just turkey breast on a on a um resting on a um natural the way you would have it in your kitchen healthy <laughs> right like great this it's rustic it's how yeah, it's real it's yes. it's real i this i love i like how you use the newspaper for the pulled french roast sliders look at that beautiful picture you know you, you have you. a knack were you artistic growing up let's take it back a little bit were you in so the growing up i was always the one setting the table and decorating the food and my mom was really good about it she always let me do it i even write about it in the book that my job was to bring tea and i used to decorate the tea with everything and the tea was always cold and nobody complained <laughs> because it took two hours to get the tea and <laughs> but that's where i started and i always enjoyed um playing with my food and making a beautiful plate and eventually it um one thing led to another um do you hear that renee has a little accent yeah it's there it's, it's there right <laughs> it, to me she you sound a little american and a little european you put you sound more american than i do right does she sound more american than me 
Yep. Okay. <laughs> Beth and Seth and Zalman. Yeah, they're all like nodding their heads. So, I mean, I'm here for 25 years. An Australian accent happens to be very thick, but you're. Yeah, you're, I love the fact that you're captain. A lot of people come here and they, they their like accent you. changes, like me. Yes. <laughs> but you can. Yes. No, you have. You, I can tell that you're not American. Right. But so, where did you grow up? Yeah, people talk to me. They're like, they think I'm from somewhere. They're not sure if they should ask. Um, I grew up in Lugano, Switzerland. That's on the border with Italy. It's literally a 15-minute bike ride, I should say, to the border. So type of like we would go to Italy to buy the magazines because they're cheaper and go back to buy the bread when it's on Wednesdays, like that type of That's living. so cool. So yes. did, you, did you have to keep Like the passport? guy at the border knew who we are. Did you keep your passport in um, your Yeah, pocketbook? sometimes they would ask. Yeah, the passport is like, like you going around with your driver's license. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. So I grew up there. From, you grew up religious from? Yeah, sure. Um, there was a community. Um, there still is a very small community. Chabad is there, obviously. Thank God for Chabad. Baruch I love Chabad. Yes, love not, Chabad. not for them. There wouldn't be anything there. Or so anywhere. they took over, right? They took over, but uh, growing up, um, I had a very nice childhood of um, lots of uh, we, ha- we actually had a big class of five kids. That was amazing. Wow. Like, when I say to my kids, yeah, we have five kids in our class, and we thought it was amazing. And they look at me like, really? I still get anxiety when I walk into my children's schools. I'm like, I don't know so how you good. handle all these kids right. in your class. <laughs> I, I was in a school with like 30 kids. So that, that was a very, very, very small community, but a very warm, tight community. And um, everybody married and moved on, but it was a beautiful childhood. And that kind of molded who I am today. When did you come to America? How old are you? I came when I was um, 19. I got married with a real, real American guy. <laughs> Me too. Complete opposite. Um, <laughs> I told my mom when I was dating two things, not an American and not going to live in Lakewood. Both things happened. And I'm so grateful. Um, he's a great guy. And uh, 15 years that I'm here. Wow. Yeah. So I'm like, I got 10 years on you. Got 10 years on you. <laughs> we'll yeah. see how you sound in 10 more years. But yeah. Yeah. It's great over here. Like I came to I Mer- love it here. I, I came to America here. to date. <laughs> yeah, like I love it to here. Yeah, yeah, Europe is beautiful for a vacation, not for Jewish life. Right. Sydney's great. It's come a long way since I was a kid and there are people there working so hard to keep the mun- community refreshed and learning going on, but America's definitely and of course it's not Israel. Israel's the best, you right. know. We'd all, I'd go tomorrow. I keep telling my hubby, "Let's go." Lots of food he goes he goes, I know where you want to live. You want to live in Baka. It's 40 minutes to the hotel and four minutes to the coffee shop. I'm like, <laughs> yaha, that's my place. They're building a new building there. And I'm like, I want to buy one. He goes, are you crazy? We're paying yeshiva tuition. We're not going just yet. But, you know, the ultimate dream. But, Everyone's dream, yeah. Right. So um, you came to America and how did you start? So I came to America and I You did can't just all- become a food stylist. It, you know. Oh, totally. So first I just learned how to, you know, use the foods and like I was telling you before figure out when to buy bread where to buy bread why they don't sell fresh bread and all those things got learned how to cook here I I used to cook as a teenager too before I got married I always loved it my mom always let me cook good for you and um, I started cooking and experimenting and I had um, subscriptions to every food magazine and every cookbook next to my bed lined up read it every night I have that now (laughs) every night and I was always into food and testing out recipes. My poor husband, some were better than others. And then... Is your, wait, is your husband really honest? My husband very, has a policy. Very. He'll, he'll tell me straight up, he goes... But I, I really owe everything to him because <laughs> of that. He'll go, 
is this for clients? <laughs> <laughs> Don't serve it to clients. Like if it's really bad, which doesn't thank God happen too often, but he'll be like, <laughs> no, it's I'm good. really grateful for that because if someone is not honest with you, then there's no way to improve. Right. I love the feedback, you know? So um, one day I was sitting on the couch with a friend on a Shabbos and there was this article, an Ami, an ad, looking for a new columnist, um, put in three, send us three of your favorite recipes and some write-up about yourself and you could win this and you could become, win the column. And I told my friend, I bet I could win this. And she turned around and she said, no way, you? <laughs> and then as soon as Matzah Shah was like, I'm going to show her, I'll show her. And I had no intention to win this, just, just to show her that I could do this. And I sent pictures and I wrote about myself. And a few weeks later, Victoria Dweck called me <gasps> Love that Victoria. I won. And I was like, what now? You know, I really want to do this. I'm not sure. And That was your leaping Yes, board? absolutely. Yes. And I started writing for Ami, and um, the rest is history. Once I wrote for Ami for four years, and at a certain point I started realizing that the photo shoots were actually my favorite part. So interesting. Much more. And everybody was looking at me like, really? The photo shoots are so stressful. I'm like, yes, I don't like creating recipes. I feel like every person has a repertoire of a certain amount of recipes in their lifetime that they really could say these are my best. And coming up with new ideas and all the time, that, that's for chefs. It's not, it's not for a home cook like me. I, this, I gave my best in this book, and I really feel I put everything in here. And, and we can uh, tell it's outstanding. Yeah, every recipe in here for my 400 recipes, there are 120 recipes in here. And so many I left out, and people are emailing me. How many me. recipes are there? About 120. Uh-huh. Yeah, I have to look at the back. 100, over 100, but there are 120. So people will email me and they're like, where is that Greek uh, salad that you once wrote about? I was like, oh, it's not in the book. And they're like, why? I love it. I do it all the time. I lost the clipping from the newspaper. I'm like, no, it didn't make it because it just wasn't perfect. Right. Um, so really, my book is perfection. Thank God everything I wanted is in it. Um, and as I saw, I was liking the photo shoot part of it. Um, one day I was styling my food for the uh, for the magazine and Esty uh, photography Esty Waldman she's like you know what you should really go into food styling and I'm like what? I literally turned around and I was like what's that she's right. like what you're doing right now and I'm like is that a profession and she's like yeah and I have never even heard about it I didn't know it was a thing how many years ago was this probably three okay I had no idea it was a thing right <laughs> I knew yeah and then um and then um, some ad, some company wanted to advertise their, their product, so I started doing that slowly. And then I watched um, Amit Barber style two cookbooks, The Secret Restaurant Recipes um, and The Everyday Secret Restaurant okay, Recipes. Okay, with Victoria and Leia. With love Victoria those girls. Leia. Love right. you guys. They're so amazing. He, he flew in from Israel, so it was an opportunity to learn and to decide if this is really what I want to do. So I just literally spent two weeks each time watching him work and helping him and you know really doing getting coffee and doing everything you <laughs> got to do just right. to be there i want to watch you work this is uh, food styling is not my thing i appreciate when seth does beautiful plating at wolf and lamb and and your beautiful pictures in all the magazines and stuff but it's not my thing so i like to write the recipes and i like that right. you can decorate you know make it look good right everybody has their thing they enjoy the part that you leave for the last you know the french fries 
<laughs> um, so yeah, that's it. And then I started doing it, and I love it. Really enjoy you're, it. Well, you know, you're so good at it. You're so sought after. Thank We're you. saying your whole November. No, I mean November's passed already, but it's was chock a block. Yes. You know, it's yes, you're, you're very sought after, and that's you know Baruch Hashem, a great thing when you're in your own business. What can we follow you on Instagram? How do we do that? Yes, I'm uh, Renee oh. Mahler Styling. Okay, so let's spell that out: R E N E E, and then M U L L E R Styling. Make sure you follow her on Instagram, and make sure you want to win this book. If you don't own it already, or if you do own it, and you want to give one away to a friend or something. Um, you can. You can buy one or you can try to win one at Naomi. Email me, Naomi at NachumSiegel.com and we'll put you in the raffle and try to follow us all on Instagram. That will definitely help your chances of winning. Um, yeah. Um, so you as your husband must be so proud of you. Your yeah. parents must be so <laughs> proud of you. This is like really cool. Like and those are my children on the cover. Oh, the hands? children's hands. Yes. I, I wanted love it. to include them. So you have three kids? I have four. One. Oh, so One little head. I didn't four. see this little guy. I have five. Four on the cover and then I have baby. He's in the back. Okay, we're opening up the back cover. Oh. He's in the back. Okay, beautiful. So I have five it's children. Such a nice, Kanina Hara, such a nice book. So you definitely have a very distinct style, which I like that, you know. Just, yeah. I can tell when, when it's one of your pictures. It's sharp and clean and just got that right. It's artistry. It's real art. She's an art, a photographic Thank you. I'm blushing. It's a good it, thing it, I'm on radio. No, it's good. No, but we got our little camera. Look at oh, that. Oh, Beautiful <laughs> pictures. Who did your photography? Daniel Lila. He is a master of light and he's unbelievable. The whole book is natural lighting only. He is really? an incredible, incredible artist. I didn't even know that was a thing. Only natural light. That's his thing. You can't replicate nat natural light. Uh -huh. and There's he, no, yes, uh, he flew in from Israel to shoot the book. So that and was natural light. This is natural light. But I love how the whole thing, your styling and his photography, you guys are like an amazing team. That was the best like period of the whole book writing. That was the most fun part. How long did it take to shoot everything? You did it in what, two weeks? Two weeks. Two weeks. We worked some days, 7 to 10 p.m. at night. It was crazy. Okay, I have days like that. <laughs> Pesach, my case, Pesach season is like that. You know about that, Seth. Early in the morning till late at night in the kitchen. Crazy. Amazing. Amazing. Look at that. I, I'm, I'd love to make this, but I don't know. Like, this scares me because it looks so it's cool. It's so easy. Really? It's okay. really no and big deal. And how do we get Try this? It. Where do we get this? I can say it's neat when you cut it. Okay. To serve. It's a type of thing. It's a showpiece. You bring it to the table and you, Everyone goes, Ooh, and ah. you collect the compliments and then you cut it and it's delicious. You get a little puff pastry, but it's not going to be neat and pretty. No. Okay. When Can't you slice it. No. Okay. But it looks beautiful. You want a beautiful food center. Right. I always present my meat beautifully. Right. Um, I've seen a few of my uh, fans over Yantav. I got a million pictures. They took meatballs and they put the dough over it and they baked it. So for individual. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like a big meatball for an appetizer. I, th I thought that was genius. I'm like, why didn't I think of that? A meatball covered in puff pastry. Yeah, like a, you know, like a fried cooked is, meatball is, type of thing. Aren't we talking about bareka? That's not a bareka, right? Because it's round as opposed to like... No, it's like a real round big meatball. That's cute. She served it on a sauce. Seth it was is, gorgeous. Seth is inspired. Starting <laughs> 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 over there. High praise, high praise. Renee, this was fantastic. Look what Renee bought in. She bought a little gift into the studio. Can I open it up? Sure. I said, I'm going to, you're going to give it to me on air. So. My grandmother always said, if you're going to go somewhere, you're going to need a scissor. Uh, um, if you're going to go somewhere, you always have to, you can't come empty handed. 
was she the Italian way? Yes, the Italian way. Italian blood. Yes, love it. So I went through with my kids, and we decided which one I should bring in, and that that's the one that got voted. Oh well, the irresistible toffee. It's dairy. Okay, it's lucky. (gasps) Hello, let's grab a picture. I'm grab I'm grabbing my phone um, because you know I like to if you follow me on Facebook I always put up my um, behind the scenes photos I'll snap some of the guys and and Beth and Renee and and ZK and the beautiful yeah there you go oh that's beautiful so I've taken some behind the scenes photos while on filming while while broadcasting okay so this is what is this. And this is so butter, this no is margarine, a, no oil, it's butter. No, this is a toffee. It's made with butter. She says it much better, though. But, but, butter. Butter. Butter yeah. is better. Oh, yes. Right? And it's, there it's a shame you have to use margarine for meat. This is a picture in the, oh. in the book. Look at that. I love, um, I love that you stack it. Oh, my God, I love it. Okay. It's something that I send around every Purim, and all my friends stay milk eggs for it. It's really a problem because you're supposed to eat a soda, but they all wait for it. And uh, it became like a family favorite. Really this is good. amazing. What is it? It's toffee? It's toffee. It's you make s- it with sugar. It's like and, a score uh, bar. Don't you don't know what, what a score bar is. No. You're not, you're Chavisra, right? Yeah. Score bar is made by, I want to say, Hershey's. Hershey's. When I first came to America, that's what I used to eat a lot of because we don't have so much kosher chocolate in Australia. We have Cadbury's, but. I guess it's a compliment, right? Yeah, it's a, it, it tastes like, oh my God, this is amazing. All right, I'm going to pass some around. I'm gonna take a picture. <laughs> Camera's not working. Okay, Murphy's law. Okay, we can we can try it again. Here, try that again. There we go. Pass that around. Oh, this is yummy. Thank you so much for bringing something into the set and for donating all the amazing books, your gorgeous books to our Thank network. You, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. And um, stick around. We've got some fun stuff coming up on the show. We are going to talk to Beth Warren, my little partner in foodie crime in healthy foodie crime. I have a lot of partners in crime. So you are on that list of, of uh, getting getting in there here. I'm going to put this here. Renee, if you want to pipe up later, you'll just pull it forward. Mm-hmm. And we're going to switch soon in any case. Beth. Hi. Hey, how are you, darling? I'm good. We had fun. We went a couple of weeks ago. Did you see us on Instagram? Our crazy trip to Union Square. We also did a live Facebook feed. Yeah, that's fun. My favorite place. Beth. Definitely my favorite farmer's market. Yeah. Beth is a, um, I don't know how. Don't to, know, what am a I? Nutri- <laughs> a nutritionist. She's a style. She herself has got so much style and personality. I love. She started doing these um, little clips on yeah. Facebook and Instagram, just giving us ten seconds of like um, nutrition tips. nutrition tips. But chizuk, I want to say, on yeah. staying focused and healthy. You did it during the chagim, and now we're coming up. It's winter. Mm-hmm. We're eating bread. We're eating. Like good food, but how do we balance that out? She's going to talk to us about that. And, of course, she herself, cookbook author under her name. She's working on a second book, but we'll wait a bit for that. Right. Um, But, you know, to to be a cookbook author like Renee and and Beth is like so inspiring to someone like me who hasn't written one. So I'm really in awe and I love your book. Make quite a few things from it over the year and a half that we've known each other. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, welcome back. Thanks. To the studio. Um, so, what, what are we? What am I going to do this whole winter? 
I know. Well, we got over a lot of holidays, which is like my busiest season. Right. Now. And we're coming up to Hanukkah. And we're coming weeks. up to Hanukkah, which is another eight day stretch. And those are always difficult. But we have the time in between to try to really get our food in order and our lifestyle in order. It's just hard to stay motivated in the winter time because, I mean, our vitamin D drops, so we are really are a little bit depressed. <laughs> so Right. So what is what is vitamin D? and what, what, Well, vitamin D acts like, more like a hormone in the body. That's why it's so critical. It's just it's not as much as a vitamin as anything else. That's why if someone's low, I have people come to me all the time and find out they're low and are not taking supplements for it. It's such a mistake because it boosts your mood and forget about just your body acting um efficiently with it it's involved in everything bone growth and things like that so you definitely should supplement a lot you know, of people it, are talk to your doctor first but a lot of people are vitamin d deficient yeah especially in the winter time the sun here it's we're not getting it enough um and it's not in a lot of foods actually it'll what, be like in salmon is it in salmon salmon skins actually it's in mushrooms like pretty interesting random foods but not a lot and it's not in the um it's not as active in our bodies like that through food so you you probably do need a supplement to to get happy but to stay motivated <laughs> in the winter you know um fitness if anything is one of the most major things i tell people that they are lacking in during the winter time like we're sitting a lot more we're home we're cozy um especially kids in school they're sitting all day um so it's difficult so really people have to try to stay active as much as they can and do some sort of fitness i mean i'm training for another half marathon i'm good for you hey, what's another what was fourth. the first what was the first one? Um, well, I've done the Disney runs, they're called. For Sephardic Bikor Holim is a, is a great not-for-profit agency in my community. Um, we're called Team SBH, and I'm their sports nutritionist. Woo, so it's, it's going to be like our fifth year going, um, and I've had babies in between, so Where I haven't it? done all of them. In Disney World. Oh. Yeah, in Florida, Orlando. I want to do that. I, How do I so do that? Do I have you to should come on the trip. It's like a whole weekend. Wait, it's do I amazing. have to actually run? Well, you could come. No, because there's a cheer squad who, by the way, does I'm, probably more steps than the runners. I am actually a really good cheerleader. It's, it's, you know, it's actually last year. It was like only a few months after I had my baby. So um, my husband ran and I did cheer squad. And you go from like station to station. It's it's like no joke. You got to go on the, the Epcot. You know, you got to go on the monorail. You got to float around. And Seriously, I want to do that. Yeah. So if you sign up for one of those, you'd for sure stay you have motivated. To, and I have to raise all this money. And you have to raise money. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I do their nutrition. You get free tips. Um, and all that kind of stuff cool. and it's an amazing kosher weekend they have there actually when is so it we could talk about that more in february we could talk about that closer we, we, yeah we should talk about that closer i want to talk great. about our go on that run yeah it, it raises money for an amazing organization that helps tons of people for all different needs safari bigor halim and um if you're training for a marathon like that you for sure are going to stay fit through the winter so it's why one reason why i brought it up we'd all bundle up and kind of do our running um outside but also bring it indoors and do do some sort of activities. Like I just mentioned to you after this, I'll probably check out. I wanted to check out this rowing place in the city, this exercise. So you should keep fitness fun and try to try new things that are indoor um, and, and just keep it fresh. Right. One, one, one tip I actually would like to share is like I started off with spin and I did spin for like a year, a year and a half. And then, you know, I, I needed to change it up a little. So I, you know, going to try yoga. Like mm -hmm. if something doesn't speak to you in fitness and you hate and dread going, Find a different sport. Yeah, like, that's very but true. But find the sport. So Find it, but then pursue it enough that you'll be able to make a clear decision whether or not you like it. It's like what I tell people about tasting foods. Like when people tell me, oh, I don't like that. And like I think it's hysterical. Most of the times they never tasted it. And they're like, no, I don't like it. And then I'm like, not only do you have to taste it, but for children, it's recommended to taste it about 14 times. So I say really? once you're... Is that like a real number? Yeah, it's a real number. 10 to there 14. But for adults, I, I argue it's double that because we get set in our ways more. 
Right. <laughs> so if you're trying something, even if it's exercise or food, like one time, two times, you're not, you're not a good judge of whether or not you like it. So you have to really, you know, try to find your thing. And especially with fitness, like if you commit to something, um, you get better at it and then you kind of like it sometimes a little bit more. So also just with the food um, in general, just keep in mind that as it gets colder, we like to feel warm. And you don't realize that a lot of times the cravings for carbohydrate come for that need to want to feel warm. Yeah, I love soup, thick yeah. soup and crusty bread. Like, exactly. Mm. But the reality is because there's thermogenesis that happens after you eat, your body literally heats from it to burn the food. So sometimes just having something to eat but not carbohydrate is still going to have that like, kind of effect. Like give me an example. Anything. Anything you eat, you're going to release heat to digest. So it's just that we crave the carbohydrate. Why but do we crave it? Because it's it. sugar? Yeah, because it breaks down to sugar, which is our primary source of energy. So it's really our survival instincts kicking in that makes us want things that break down into sugar. Um, but it doesn't mean that's what we need in that moment. It just means that's what our brain our brain like wants because that's how our brain runs on sugar. So just kind of keeping knowing that it's going to be a challenge and just thinking more about being very mindful about what you're going to eat and just saying, you know what, I know I want to have, you know, all this bread and this pasta tonight, but, you know, maybe I'll be okay with having a piece of salmon and broccoli and whatever. Um, we went to the farmer's market and what's amazing about winter is all the winter squash, which like gets oh. me so excited. I was telling you that the hardest part about it is to cut it. But to cook it, it's so easy. Right. Some of the winter squashes can actually eat the skin. Kabucha, you can eat the skin. Yeah. It's a word of Garoth taught me that, that you can eat kabucha skin. You like, could because it really softens. It's hard them. to peel, but you can just eat it when you, you cut it. And you it. don't really need to put much on it. But why I like squashes <laughs> also is they do have more carbohydrate in them, the winter ones, than let's say, you know, cucumber, obviously. You could just assume that, the texture of it and the taste and the flavor. Um, it's not as much as a potato but it's still pretty up there. And I mean that in a good way, meaning you don't, especially the winter, like I said, to warm up, we all think like carbohydrates first, like let me make the macaroni and cheese, let me make the big ziti, let me make the pastas. And really you could build your, round more, your meal more around these um, winter squashes and say, I'll have a spaghetti squash base with my meat sauce, or I'll have the zucchini, well, the zucchini is a summer squash, but you'll you'll build it more around spaghetti squash type of things, or have acorn squash with it, butternut squash soups are awesome, and they'll really fill you, you could have more bang for your buck with it, and you get that feel of a carbohydrate without having to resort to these grains all the time, like a pasta or white rice, or things like that, that are not healthy and are usually what are the main culprit for waking a lot of times with food in the winter. Because that's what we gravitate more towards. You know, you don't feel like eating a salad, people tell me. You know, in the summer, we feel like eating light, like a salad. But in the, in the winter, it's, you have to push for that a little bit more because you want that homey, comfort, warm food. Right, right. You know? And a nice chili also is very good in the exactly. winter. Exactly. I love soups in the winter. Soups, chili, soup stews. Is, I'm a big fan of lentil soups. Lentils have tons of protein, fiber, and they, so you could basically have a whole meal in one if you add some veggies in there and... That, that's good. It's good to Actually, go. Actually, I think I have a really good um, full vegetable soup with red lentils on my blog. Yeah. I have a lentil in my book, Living a Real Life with Real Food, that you're yeah. referring to. I have a lentil soup recipe. I'm more of a Syrian descent, so it's something called Ades soup, and it's flavored with like a cumin, cumin, we call it. I more love, of that type of flavor. I love cumin. That's my yeah. favorite 
spice. It's, I, I love it. And it, it adds so much flavor and it's, it's really nice to go for the soups and try to fit them in. It's just a matter of understanding the food group. So if you're picking a split pea, which doesn't have as much protein, but it has more carbohydrate that I probably would count towards the carbohydrate of the meal. And then I would still have a grilled chicken with vegetables. Um, but a lentil soup could act kind of as both because it's so high in protein. So just a matter of fitting it into what kind of meal you have and then building it around that to be balanced. And then your weight will be in check if you just balance it out. We've got Hanukkah coming up. How are we going to get through the deep fry? Let's talk a little bit about moderation. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you just moderate and be better than you were, you know, last year in the holiday or how you typically were and just hold back, sometimes you're already in a much better place. People who've come to me after all the, you know, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, well, Yom Kippur, we didn't eat, but then we overeat. Um, yeah. Sukkot, holidays, you know, um, people who were just saying, yeah, but I was much better than last year. And guess what? They didn't gain weight. So whenever you're dealing with a holiday, if you don't gain weight, you're already very accomplished. It's, it's like you haven't gained weight. It's like, it's like you've lost. It's weight. like you've <laughs> lost. It's like, yeah, you no harm, no foul. But um, if you are not thinking about it at all, you'll easily gain 7 to 10 in any of these outstretched holidays. I see it. Um, so it's, it's possible to lose, but you have to be super strict. And I don't know if you want to feel that restricted when you want to enjoy and celebrate so a holiday. You know, you know what I, I actually did? I said, okay, I want to eat all my food. Like I'm not a big dessert person. I love food food. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if, how you feel about that, but I, unless you're equal in all areas of food, I'm a big food, like food, like savory. So I said, I'm going to eat all the food I want, all the fish or the meat or the salad. I'm not going to have bread. I'm going to have hamotzi, a bite with my little honey on top, and that's it. I'm going to stop at that. And, like, my husband and I decided we would share our dessert rather than each having our own or we'd each have a bite of one thing right. just to have a little well, yeah, if you set you want mm -hmm. Exactly. If you set limits on yourself and you stick with it and you're consistent, it'll definitely help. I, I advise people since Hanukkah is like eight days that if you do want a donut or you want something that you're craving that you're really going to see every day, like let's face it, there's going to be a donut in your face. Every but don't day. have eight donuts in one exactly. week. Exactly. But I would I would push it more towards the end of the eight days. So like if you're tempted on day one and you like wasted it, it's kind of like now every day you're going to be having a donut. I'd rather you just say, okay, tomorrow I'll have it. I'm going to this uh, Chagiga tomorrow. I'm going. So you just push it Plan off. Plan ahead. Plan ahead. And also, come on, we've all had this holiday before we know like what kind of donut we really like you know which you. which which filling which place have you been i like how my grandma makes it whatever so just kind of save it for that time when you're really gonna have enjoy you it have you been to israel on hanukkah in the last 10 years no have you sadly. okay the roladin donuts and like nothing you've ever seen or tasted in your life like mm -hmm. it's hard to go to israel say for hanukkah four years ago when my daughter was in seminary the donuts are, you would love it from an artistic point of view. It, they are unreal. They have, we have nothing in America compared to the Israeli donuts. Right. And you can literally have a donut a day in Israel. Right. Maybe several donuts a day in Israel right. because there are so many different types. But you, it's, when you come back, you're like, oh, no, what did I do? <laughs> right. But at the same time, I love hearing that story from you because I feel like if people are going to indulge on a treat, I want to hear all about that because then I know it was a very mindful decision. Right. And you really enjoyed it. And it wasn't just something like I ate it because it was in my face and now I feel really mad at myself or it wasn't something like that wasn't even good. 
you know, if something, if I do want to indulge in something and I taste it and it doesn't taste good to me, I'm going to stop eating it. I'm not just going right. to eat it. So for I'm the like sake that too. It. If it's yucky, don't eat it. Exactly. Like, so it's it's very it's more of a mindful issue when you're dealing with all these holidays. You know, we have these things. We have Shabbat every week. We have things going on in the kosher world that it's it's really difficult. If it's more about the mind than anything, and if you just stay, you know, in it. Also, you could dance and have chagigas on the. Hanukkah and Hanukkah dancing. Out. Um, keep moving. I have a little dreidel. Yeah, drink a lot of water. Oh. All those like Exercise. you know easy things. You know, don't waste it on like gel if you don't want to eat chocolate right now. Try that that whole thing with something being in your face or something being easy to grab. Just get it away from you as much as you can. You know, if you're buying sufgani, you like buy enough for however many people are coming. But then that's it. You're getting rid of it. The leftovers are a bigger problem than what it is when it's just in your face. So. I guess what my advice would be is to just really try to have a picture in your mind of what you really want to have that would make you like enjoy and love the holiday and be very like be very happy with you know everything about it. So if you want a sufgani yacht, plan it. When do I want it? Which kind do I want? What color? What flavor? How's it going to taste? Like think about all that. Um, and and I would recommend to have it later in the week and just you know try to really think: Do I really want this right now? Is this something that's really Something I even want. Because most of the time, the answer is no. Yeah, you want it. You, you'd have it, but you don't really need it. That kind of idea. Beautiful. Beautiful. Keep us focused. Mm-hmm. You can hear more from Beth. And you can find out more about Beth on Beth Warren Nutrition. Nutrition.com. Dot com. And on her Instagram, website like and you your said. Instagram and your Facebook. And she really gives great advice throughout the year. And you can book an appointment to see her also if you feel like. I'll give you a little shout out for your business. Thanks. If you feel you need a little one-on-one consultation, which I know that you uh, do. Yeah. Right? So out there in Brooklyn. But sh- travel, it's worth the effort. Breath is a lot of fun to chat with. And her energy hangs out with my energy. So it's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What an exciting show. We've had Renee Muller with her gorgeous book. Um, remember, if you want to win it, Email me, Naomi at NachamSiegel.com for our giveaway. You can buy it at your local Judaica store. Or on Amazon. On Amazon. You can pull the microwave. For, uh, microwave. Microphone. See, I'm always thinking about food. Guys, can we do a little switcheroo? I'm going to bring Zalman and Seth up here. I'm so excited. Okay. By the way, Renee, this is crazy. Amazing. I'm eating. Renee, but did you guys try this? Yeah, I tried it. It was very, very good. Here, pull the microphone um, down. It, it's amazing. And everything made with butter is outstanding. <laughs> is there a para version in this? Or you just tell people if you're going to make it, keep it. Don't, yeah. <laughs> don't, right. Don't make it par. Don't make it par. Right. Yeah, if you can keep it. It's not the same. Yeah. I'm a big fan. of. Okay. So um, I've got to actually finish eating this or save it aside because I'm about to become, I think, flashy. I did wash before the show when I... Saw Zaman walk in carrying the, the crostinis. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, I'm going to go wash before this bread. So I've been eating consist- consistently throughout the show. Welcome to both of you for coming on the set. We've kind of been talking about this for a while, yeah. so I'm glad we came into fruition. Thank you for having us. Yeah, This is really exciting. So, Zaman, how did you get into the restaurant business? Not many young guys from Brooklyn say, okay, bye. Beth is leaving. Bye, sweetie. We'll be in touch. <laughs> Beth has got to leave. She's got a lot to do. Um, okay, how did a, a young, a young, were you a bacher at the time? Were you so young married? Basically, I was, about, I was about 18 years old. Um, I was in yeshiva. Um, <coughs> excuse my cold. Oh, that's okay. Refor- my, um, my brother, 
um, kind of had a passion for the food business. I was it was the last thing on my mind, honestly. <laughs> um, and uh, he went to restaurant school in Lower Manhattan. Oh, really? It's right here. The old the uh, it, it changed names. It I changed think. names, yeah. So he went to that school, and then he um, he managed Delhi Cosba for a couple of years on the Upper West Side. Ah. Um, he also managed a couple of butcher shops. So he really gave himself an education um, and went into the business. I was a really close brother of his, so I helped him on the original menu for Wolf do and Lamb. Do we have a lot of brothers? We have uh, five. F- we're five boys and one girl. Ah. <coughs> yeah. Um, Taking so, some behind the scenes photos. Sorry. Sure. <coughs> Excuse me. So basically, he got into it. He ran it for a couple of years. He had a partner. He partnered actually with uh, David Derry from um, Deli Casba and also sure. uh, Provi Provi, if people remember. <gasps> oh my God, that's yeah. that's aging us. Yeah, I was yeah. like young married when we would yeah. go there. <laughs> so he so he partnered with him. They opened up together. Uh, my brother ran it for a couple of years, um, and then he decided that he wanted to move to Israel. And he hasn't he hasn't been back since he's <laughs> he moved to Israel and he's basically settled there. He has a family, um, and um, so the, for a couple of years there there were other uh, different managers went through there. And then um, then my brother offered me after I got married. I was looking for an opportunity, and he said, "Hey, why don't you get involved in the business?" And I uh, I jumped into the deep end. Fantastic. After a couple of months of poking around, I decided it was for me. I jumped into it, and and uh, the rest is. Uh, History. It's been amazing. I remember when Wolf and Lamb opened. I mean, nineteen ninety-eight. Right. I, I was. Uh, that that would have been my guess. Pushing <coughs> twenty years. Now to be open twenty years, kosher restaurant in Manhattan, is like being a thousand years old. Because to keep a restaurant with the rents that you pay and right. um and and keep customers coming back is really shikoyach to you. Well, thank you. It's we have an amazing team actually. Um, and a lot of mazel and bracha from Hashem. Of course, everything <coughs> comes, everything um, comes from Hashem. But um, but um, also, what's what's very interesting is that the the food world went through a major revolution and transformation in the last over that period from when we opened. We were talking about that a couple months ago. Uh, a month ago, we had Menachem Lebinsky on the show from Kosher Fest. Talking yeah. about the crazy revolution, he right. called it the food revolution. So so I, I what I what I find interesting about Wolf and Lamb, and I don't credit myself for this. I credit the team and. You know, especially the team, but the um, the ability to sort of transform ourselves. Most places they have to close down and reopen under another name, a new identity, and we sort of made the changes as the changes were happening to the industry. We were changing as well, and we sort of have updated ourselves over the over those tw- almost twenty years. So, which is really amazing. And one thing I yeah. I love about Wolf and Lamb is that you go with the seasons. Your menus change with the seasons. I can, I'm not going to say which restaurants because some of them I love and some of them like, uh, everyone thinks I'm uber enthusiastic about every place I eat at. That's not true. If I do like it, I'll give it a shout out. If I don't like it, I'm quiet. I don't need to say something bad about something or someone in public. But So if you ever see me post about something, it's because I love it. It's not I'm faking it. It's because I really love it. Um, and one thing I love about you guys because other restaurants are 20 years, the same things on the menu. I'm going to... I don't go. I've got a restaurant in my neighbor. I haven't been to it in five years because I'm sick of. I've eaten everything off the menu five times. Like I need change, right. and I love the fact that you're changing it up. And you have young chefs with young inspirations bringing us really good food, and we need that, especially in this day and age with all the crazy foodies out there. <laughs> I'm talking about myself, okay? Not talking about anyone else. <laughs> talking about me. 
Okay, so let's talk about this because I'm I'm dying. I gotta eat. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Okay, uh, so this is. Let me introduce before this. You're okay. this executive chef. chef yeah. Executive chef of such a <clears throat> big title, an amazing title. You yes. you seem quite young. Very young, young still, yeah. Very young, but very experienced. He knows what he's doing. Thank you very much. You no, know, I'm very impressed. Oh yeah. Um, and so, Seth, when did you get into this food industry? Um, I got into the food industry um, while I was in high school, actually. It was um, it's kind of like a family business, you know, for there for a while. My mom worked in restaurants. My sister worked in restaurants. Um, and so I kind of, like, followed suit. And um, it's been been in the trenches ever since. Where, so. where are you? Where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Hickory, North Carolina. Um, so you don't have a southern, like, talking about accents, too much, right? Yeah. He Talk does. to him for three minutes, you'll notice. Yeah. Yeah. It comes out. <laughs> but, you know, do you find the three of us who have accents, um, it comes out when you talk to other people from your country, right? Like, my accent gets thicker mm. when I talk to Aussies. Yeah, Probably when you you're home. And and you're in North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Other people's accents will bring very you out. Very much so. Yeah, like, my parents have, you know, very thick accents, so it's always, like, when I go home, it's like it, it creeps back in a little bit. Right, there you I go. I have to rein it in when I come. So. <laughs> New York. Okay, so you grew up in, in North Carolina, and, yeah. and do you bring any of the flavors of North Carolina? I'm not even sure what they are to the cuisine. Yeah, um, I'm I'm really big um, about uh, that the comfort food, you know, just like what, what Renee was talking about earlier. It's, like, bringing in that... Um, just those the things that make you f happy, like make you feel at home, make you feel warm inside, um, and also it's using those farm fresh vegetables and everything. Like that's something my grandmothers uh, they always uh, had gardens growing up, and they were always like harvesting their beans and grapes and and vegetables and tomatoes and everything. And so, just coming from that and seeing how they preserved throughout the seasons and doing all that kind of stuff always inspired me. And so that was I definitely try to incorporate that into my style these days. Okay. Well, great. So what have we got here? All right, so um, I'm move for the, the milk show, away. I'm clearing the um, since Hanukkah is coming up, we were uh, thinking of, since everyone's having probably people over at their houses and things like that, we were thinking more forward for that. Um, so we brought two little crostini kind of hors d'oeuvre type little bites that you could easily prepare at home. Um, so what you have in front of you right now is um, it's a little bit of crostini um, with some caramelized onions, um, some some cooked uh, beef tenderloin, uh, a little medium rare, um, and then a horseradish cream on top with some chives. You know that um, I can't resist a photo. Oh, yeah, go for it. Okay, so remember I did wash. I make a bracha before. <laughs> okay. Mm. Mouthful, yeah. Mm. The horseradish cream we use, um, so it's used fresh grated horseradish, some confit garlic, um, some... Uh, Par of heavy cream um, and some salt and pepper, and just whip it up and kind of do it to taste. This is awesome. It doesn't have. It has a little cook of horseradish. Yeah, yeah. But horseradish and roast beef go so beautifully together, and mm. I love that it's pink. I'm gonna hold this up to the camera. See the perfect pink. Oh yeah, gotta have. I've pink. got friends who would send it back because oh, yeah. they're like. Oh no. I only make them overnight brisket <laughs> because if they see any pink, I don't. I know to cook for. I know my audience. This is so so good. You, you do you make the bread in house? Are you getting it from? Um, we get it from a local bakery um, right near the restaurant, mm. um, Breadsmith, and they make the mm. most wonderful um, bread. So uh, we got the baguettes from from them, and it's always a pleasure to work with them. They have a really great product. So. GK, gonna eat? Oh yeah. <laughs> Pass it around. There you go. Outstanding. And and then our other bite here um, is a little more. Um, this is actually a play on one of our. Uh, 
our chef's plates, one of our composed plates at Wolf and Lamb Brooklyn. Um, so this is uh, Christini as well. What do you mean by composed plate? So we have a we have a on our menu we have a little section of uh, chef's plates. It's about four, uh, five or six plates. Um, and with these dishes, um, we try to push forward um, a lot of local ingredients, um, as well as um, utilizing all parts of the uh, of the of the vegetable. So, like with this one, we have a beet green pesto. So we use the tops from the beets um, and make a really nice uh, pesto out of that with toasted walnuts. Oh, you're good. Um, <laughs> make and, sure I'm not uh, dirty. Of the beets, so we use the leaves from the beets and the stems and everything. Yeah, what and are we. What are you uh, doing with the beet stems? What's that? What do I do with the beet stems? Oh, we just we grind it up into the pesto. So we pulse it up with the toasted walnuts and everything like that. Season it with some some garlic, salt, and pepper. Have you done that before, Renee? No. It's oh, brilliant. Yeah. I, I joined a CSA and I get so much beet and beet leaves. I, I, yeah. There's no room in my fridge for it, so I yeah. chop them up and throw them out. But that's like no one ever knows what to do. You can do the same thing with carrot greens and everything like that. Like um, we're very no, no, we just, we wash them, you know, make sure everything's clean, all the dirt's clean, off no and everything. Clean, no, no dirt, no bugs. That's right. Um, and then um, just pulse it up raw with the with the nuts, and it, it just it makes it really nice. It's very nice and light and fresh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> of course, go for it. You have to. Um, Renee, there's a red key hanging out there. Uh. Everyone, all our audience will know where the um, bathroom is in the Nakam Segal Network studio. <laughs> This is amazing. Oh, why do you like it? Yeah, so right, I've got to try just that. Go for it. So this is, um, I've got it on my finger here. That's pesto made from the from top the beet of the greens. beets. Yeah, from the beet greens. Don't let him go. <laughs> Don't let him go anywhere. So uh, so this is like one of the points <gasps> that we're trying to focus and utilize all parts of, of the vegetable, not let anything go to waste. Um, and so we topped it with a five-spice duck breast. Um, this is duck? It's duck, yeah, yeah. I love duck. I actually thought it was, it's got a heavy and meatier flavor. Yeah, yeah. So since it's the breast, it's, um, and uh, we cooked it before we came, it's, you know, it's tensed up a little bit, but. Uh, I know, it's hard. Oh, yeah, it's, it's I, I fine, though. If you're coming into the studio, bring some goodies for us. Oh, of course. <laughs> um, and so then on top of the duck, we have just some uh, nice roasted beets, um, and then it's drizzled with a soy caramel that we make in-house. So. Soy caramel. Soy caramel, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. You guys have got to get yourself over there. Wolf and Lamb. I I'm talking about the Brooklyn one in particular, not that I don't love the Manhattan one. I haven't eaten the Manhattan one in a very long time. <coughs> My husband goes there. It's near his office. Um, but this is sensational. But I just want to say that my daughter and son-in-law um, were at the Manhattan one uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they loved it. And God bless my son-in-law. Like, he's a good eater. Thank God. You can't marry into my family if you're not a good eater. <laughs> and he was, like, ecstatic. So he was my representative of the Manhattan one. Um, but this is unreal. You, 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 I know this is not the health segment of the show. Oh, no. But <laughs> by far. Beth, Beth is gone. No, just joking. I'm very by, health conscious. By this far, is the biggest killer is stress. And with the winter coming and yeah. vitamin D deficiency, like she said, the best thing to do is get yourself to a really good steakhouse and have a <laughs> good meal. Get some protein, yeah. What's that? Is that uh, the skin? Yes. Uh, no, it's, yes. It's so, yeah. So, uh, so we make the, the five spice in-house um, and everything, and we break down all of our ducks, all the animals we get in. We break down holes, so we try to utilize all the bones, make stocks, 
like gravies. That's cost yeah. efficient also. Of for course, a yeah. Um, but you know, we're really just trying to push forward that um, you know using everything, using local, um, and just trying to create good down to earth flavors. So, where's your favorite farmers market? Oh uh, well, I was just in the Union Square one right before I came in here this morning. Um, it's always kind of one of my favorites because it's the bigger. Um, mm -hmm. And still being kind of a newbie to the New York scene, um, it was like one of the first ones I ever went to. So I, I do love going there. So it's always one of my pit stops throughout the week. I'd love to come with you there. Oh, yeah. We'll <laughs> we have, have to go sometime. We'll have to organize that. Um, I'm going to save some from Renee. Lindsay <laughs> <laughs> okay, because so good. I love that flavor profile. That's outstanding. Is this it. anybody's water? Good. I'm going to have a little sip. Talking and eating. Got to have a little bit of water there. Oh, yeah. Mm. I, I think I have the world's best job. <laughs> I get oh, to talk definitely. to amazing people <laughs> and eat their amazing food. I know. Just having a bite of uh, Renee's uh, toffee earlier just like got my mouth going. It was it's crazy. It's crazy. But the problem is it wakes up your stomach and then you're oh, like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then you don't stop eating all day. So it's very, it's, right? It's hard yeah. to be in the kitchen all day. It's like the bagel day. I had this morning wasn't enough now. Yeah. Like you got to pick all day. Yes. Okay. Renee's going to enjoy this. Okay. Make sure everybody tries it. Oh, my God. Amazing. Okay, now Renee's having a little bite. She's probably way more ladylike than me, but that's the Aussie in me. She's European and I'm Aussie, so, you know. It's good stuff, eh? I love rare beef. Love it. That was like the perfect combo. And that. Right, you want it? So I do that. When I, when I went to the tasting dinner, Renee said she's trying out, I don't know if you guys heard that on air. She was eating each component of the crostini separately. When I go to your restaurant for your, some of the tasting dinners you invited us to. So I've tried each thing on the plate, right? You have this beautiful plate, beautifully presented. You can go to my Instagram page. Actually, Shlomo Klein from Joy of Kosher. You can find his postings as well. Um, or Donnie Klein, Ilan Kornblum. Hashtag Wolf and Lamb NYC. Right. Oh, that's how you can do it. Yeah. So go to Wolf and Lamb NYC on Instagram. I forgot. Yeah. Right. I'm all about writing hashtags. I didn't. Yeah. I, I didn't, should have mentioned how to use them. Um, and you can see the beautiful plating. Uh, maybe I can pull some up. Um, okay, hold on. Um, let's see. Let's see if I can work my Instagram page. Okay, what did we do? What did you say? Hashtag uh, oh, well, Wolf I'm, and Lamb NYC. Wolf and Lamb NYC. Oh, but I have to put in the hashtag first, right? I think so. You think I would, um, you think I would know all uh, this, right? Filet mignon. Filet mignon, yeah. Filet mignon. Wolf. And lamb? Renee, pull the microphone. Wolf and lamb, NYC? Is that it? This is it? Yeah, that's us. Okay. Um, so you can see some pictures throughout there. And then um, you can follow me as well on Instagram at um, Seth underscore Wilson one. Um, and we have a lot of pictures of, of our compost plates and here coming up in the next couple of weeks as we're developing the winter menu that's, uh, that's that we're about to unveil is doing a lot of Doing a lot I, of I'd love to see what's in a winter menu. That what do you? This is a tasting dinner in, in your future. In the near future. Oh, a tasting dinner. One <laughs> of my favorite haunts, wolf and lamb. Okay, so um, what's what can we give some of our listeners a preview of what is in it? Kind of vegetables. What kind of things are in? Yeah, so like what we were talking about earlier, um, like we're trying to bring in some of those squashes and things like that, um, utilizing those. A lot of greens, root vegetables. Um, so we're. Don't want to give away too much. Yeah, Got to keep it in suspense. I like that we're talking about using the seasonal vegetables. You had a corn gazpacho in the summer. Yes, yes. 
that was amazing. You know, and it wasn't on the tasting menu. And, and I, and before I left the <laughs> restaurant, I said, I want to see what else is on the menu. Like, you know, just if someone suggests, I saw you there, what was there? And besides, you know, the tasting food, um, and I saw corn, corn gazpacho. Like, I want that. I like, so you bought me a little. I don't know if you remember that. Bought me a little martini glass of that. That was outstanding. I, I just, I just love the seasonal stuff. Uh, everybody knows I joined a CSA this year. Right now at home, I on my counter. I think we're in the last four weeks of it. Big pile of lettuces. I don't um, like the winter lettuces. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what they're called. And some white turnips. And I've been making oh. a lot of soups with that. And the leeks are all in right now. Yeah, we have uh, some leeks on our fall menu. With uh, we have a whole roasted capon with uh, like a sweet potato puree and some grilled leeks. And it's it's really really good. Okay. We're also looking to reintroduce a, a garden on our third floor. It's kind of like a greenhouse space. So we're looking into different options. We started out, actually, when Wolfland Brooklyn opened, we had a garden up there. Oh, right. And um, it got really hot up there, and everything died. Oh. So, so we're looking to reintroduce it in a, with a better system that actually will a be... A garden that you can grow your own stuff? Yeah, probably not enough to... to Fill to, the restaurant. To, yeah, but, but enough to, um, to enhance a lot of the dishes, er, yeah. fresh herbs, tomatoes, things like that. That's fantastic. What a great yeah. idea. I know a lot of restaurants do that. Um, out of the New York area, they'll use, um, they'll have their own gardens and they'll pick the, the, you know, the back of the restaurant will have a, their own farm, so to speak. Well, we have on, a, on our third floor in Brooklyn, we have a, a space called the Skyloft. It's an all glass enclosed space. Right, I've seen it. And it kind of works exactly like a greenhouse. So when it's hot, it's boiling. When it's cool, cool. it's cold. It's cold. I mean, we have a good uh, heating system, air conditioning system, and we do a lot of parties up there. So we're hopeful that once we have Fresh herbs growing up there, and it'll, it'll really enhance the space. If you do a party up there, you'll be you'll actually have it'll be like dining in a garden. Yeah. Oh, I love so. that! Even in January in yes, New York, of course, <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. Cool. So there's like so much going on in the food world, and it's so exciting that we have uh, we have all this going on. Okay, we need to do a. We haven't even done our what's for dinner segment, and we are up to like the last three minutes. I'm going to do our what's for dinner segment, sponsored by our friends at Gourmet Glut. And we're talking about winter chilies. Where is mine? Here we go. What's for dinner sponsored by Gourmet Glut. And a, a winter chili, it's my most um, shared recipe on my blog. And I wanted to share it with my listeners today because it's such a great thing. And I've even made it on Shabbat in a crock pot. Two pounds of ground chopped meat. I actually usually double it, but I'm going to give it on the recipe now as, as, a, as written. And then you can also double at home. It's also on my blog, theaussiegourmet.com. Two pounds of chopped meat, one large onion, four cloves of garlic, one jalapeno, all chopped up, two 16-ounce cans of un, um, fire-roasted diced tomatoes, a 16-ounce can of kidney beans drained, and I used the pizza sauce, the 15-ounce cans of John Pepino's. I found that like much better than marinara or the other kind of pizza sauce. ZK is totally agreeing with me. 14 ounces of green chilies and a packet of uh, taco chili mix. Um, two teaspoons of cumin, some quarter of a cup of coffee, a cup of beer, a cup of brown sugar, and a cup of barbecue sauce. It's a little bit of a hodgepodge yeah. of crazy flavors. When you put it in and you let that slow cook, it's amazing. Oh, I bet. And I make it in like big, big containers, and then I freeze it um, in smaller ones. So if you need something dinner quickly or you need, you want to put out, like guests are coming, you want to put out chili and tacos. Yeah. It's amazing. And you serve that instead of chalent? Like it lasts? I have served that. As, I put it on low. Wow. It definitely gets more concentrated. Maybe I would add in a cup of water if you're putting in the slow cooker. Mm. It's amazing. It's really And if you're having people over and you want to keep it chilly hot, 
and people coming and going, like a Friday afternoon and guests are coming before Shabbos and they're hungry, put up the chili in a slow cooker, keeps it warm and delicious. It's a fabulous recipe. So combine all those ingredients and gourmet glad. Our show is also heard on our Rosheva English Radio. This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. We have music sponsored by our friends at Kedem right up until Lich Benching. We've had an amazing show. Renee Muller. We had Beth Warren. We had the owners of the owner of Wolf and Lamb and his executive chef, uh, Zalman Wunsch and Seth Wilson. Thank you for coming. Thank you for our tr- delights. Um, and, and for uh, Renee to your uh, bark, that was amazing. Toffee bark? Yeah. Your toffee bark. This is up. Naomi Nachman. Naomi at Good Shabbos. Table for two.